Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Goodbye Bullshit Hello Happiness. Uh, we are your hosts, Atusa and Hollis. <laughs> and uh, today we're excited because finally we get Regina Curtis here. Hello. <laughs> Last time we had some miscommunication, but we made it happen. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are going to love today's show. She's here to talk about soul wisdom, soul language, and together we're going to discuss relationships. What does it, how do we maneuver through different relationships in our lives and uh, how things work? So I am going to hand it over to Regina to tell us a little bit about herself and tell us what bullshit did she say goodbye to in order to get in touch with her soul wisdom and soul language. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, so I'm Regina Curtis, and my company's name is at Matri, which means um, kindness towards your soul. It's really a journey uh, that I have been on. And I love the topic of relationships because it is through saying goodbye to the bullshit of not being in a healthy relationship with my own soul wisdom that I've been able to overcome that and actually become a soul wisdom mentor for other people and helping them to hold that space in their own lives as well. So soul wisdom to me is your authentic ways of knowing and being or how you receive information, how you receive that knowing, and then how you express it. And really, that's a communication. It's how your soul wisdom communicates to and through you. And when you learn to be in communication with yourself in that really authentic way, then that translates into any and every relationship that you're in. So I think that's that's a perfect topic to talk about um, and one I'm really excited to to really dig into with you. Yeah, I love how you said that it's saying bullshit basically to an old version of yourself mm -hmm. to get to know like let the your life basically come out and shine and once that's shining then um everything else sort of aligns and falls into place yeah absolutely i, I really like that and um I know for relationships, the reason I picked the topic of relationship because, you know, I know we just had Thanksgiving and mm -hmm. we're going into another big holiday season. And I know for most people, um, you know, as much as they love family gatherings and being in that environment too, but it's also, I know a lot of people, it's a source of stress for them. And, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So um, I'd love to hear what you guys, um, how you maneuver through the holiday gatherings that you're going into stressful, maybe perhaps. I know for us, well, the easiest way to say it, once you say goodbye to the bullshit, then it becomes easy. So yeah. <laughs> for those people that still haven't quite said goodbye to the bullshit, um, can we give them some advice on how to maneuver that, uh, the stressful holiday season? My biggest thing with that is setting exquisite boundaries. And uh, what I mean by that is really knowing where are your boundaries and then holding those in a place of compassion. So in compassion with yourself and also in compassion for others. And, you know, someone said to me at one point, um, they said, 
clarity is compassion. And I really think that that's such a wise thing to say. And I really took that to heart because at the time I was really struggling with holding an exquisite boundary with someone who I cared about. And I really was allowing this person's, their experience to overshadow my needs. And, um, every time I would do that, I would shrink myself down and I would go, you know, deeper and deeper within to try to uh, find safety or find, you know, a place that felt really good while still, you know, putting out this energy that was really big to try to hold the space for that person and hold the relationship. And that's really heavy. Um, It's hard to really do that because you can't, you can do it for a little while, but it becomes really exhausting, right? If you, it's like sharing the load when you're in a relationship with someone, it's not necessarily about you holding the whole space of that relationship. It's about you showing up authentically as you in, in what you need, how you express that, who you are and how you show that you know, communication to that other person and how you hold that love for them. You're holding this love or this, this compassion, whatever way you're coming into it, whether it's respect, if it's a professional relationship, maybe it's not love, but your job is to hold that part of it, right? Your respect, your desire to be in that relationship not to hold the container of the whole relationship. So when you're clear in what your boundaries are and you you hold those as exquisite, I love that word exquisite boundaries because it's like, this is really a beautiful thing that you're putting there. You're not putting it there as a barrier between you. You're putting it there as clear communication so that that person can meet you there and know this is the line. This is where I need to hold my space and where you need to hold your space and where we can come into relationship together. I like all those things. The key things for me, everybody, I, um, and I'm going to hand, I know Hollis has lots of things she wants to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, that very important compassion, um, everything you touch with those things, because if you see the others as you, meaning we all have our triggers, we all have our shit, we all have our bags mm-hmm. and we're all meeting in this space. Like Regina said, with compassion, with love, and that boundary means that I'm not going to carry your shit. You're not going to carry mine. You know, yeah. we're each responsible for our own shit. But then yet we can be together and travel and do all that stuff. And um, knowing your triggers uh, that, you know, is part of those boundaries that you can communicate uh, mm-hmm. with the other people, showing up authentically, very, very important. I love that one. Because that's where um, that's where people hide, and um, that's where you want to go for your safety. That's where you want to go, and uh, you're not communicating exactly what you want, and then all those boundaries get meshed up, and then the problems happen. So showing up authentically, I love that one. Knowing your triggers, and it's not a barrier; it's a soft boundary. Yeah. 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 Love it. Love it. Hollis. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. It's that whole thing of like meeting in the middle. Like when you mm-hmm. said it's, it's kind of like we each hold our own space. Cause we do, we get so caught up in all of that. Um, uh, we get so caught up in our head and then we get angry about these things and we make it 
so much bigger than what it may actually be. And then it turns into this whole thing. And then it's like, what were we even arguing about? Um, because it was something that was never really discussed, um, potentially. And I just really like the words that you use, Regina, of um, overshadow. Mm -hmm. And the way you used it in saying there can be something that overshadows, but then you retreat thinking that you feel safe, but you actually are really pissed. Yeah. It becomes resentment, right? Because yes. you, you go there to try to feel safe and then you go into that place and you realize that it's too small and then you become really kind of uncomfortable and cranky. And then that's when it turns into resentment. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very important to distinguish that because mm -hmm. um, those are those subtleties in the whole relationship thing that I think are really nice to point out. I mean, I can say that I know like being with my husband for all the time we've been together, all of a sudden I'll hold on to these things and it becomes bigger <laughs> in my head. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just like, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that and he didn't communicate and he didn't Snowballs, do this. right? <laughs> meanwhile, it's just like, I here it's a two way street. Like you said, like, I wasn't communicating. <laughs> I wasn't. So I'm just holding this resentment. And then when we speak it out loud, I'm like, look, we have to have a face to face. And then I say it out loud and I'm like, oh, it's really not that big. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's because it's like all of those things that are magnetizing onto it. It makes it feel so much bigger. When you look at each one individually, it's like, this is manageable, right? This is manageable. That's manageable. And by speaking them, you're not you're, you're kind of having to really give yourself the presence of being with each one individually rather than being in that illusion of the snowball. And that snowball, really what it is, it's made up of all those tiny little pieces, right? Each one, it has all these little snowflakes and each one of those snowflakes is easy to deal with on its own and actually has a lot of beauty in it. But when packed together in this big, massive snowball, that's be it becomes a weapon, right? Or a source of play. It's on how you look at it, but it becomes something much bigger than what they are individually. So great. Yeah. I like to tell people um, to every time they go out to point the finger at the other person, which whatever relationship doesn't matter, point the finger like, back at yourself yeah. <laughs> and see, okay, why am I getting triggered here? And it always wants to keep going out, but they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what they're doing, but why am I getting triggered right now? Right. Mm -hmm. And when you find that out, and also then, and that goes with what you said earlier too, um, being your authentic self. To me, I always say it's showing up and speaking your from your I place, meaning like I want, I see, I desire, I wish, mm -hmm. I need. And um, saying those I statements without the expectation of how the other person is going to take it, what they're going to do with it, because it's basically once it's leaving you and that's that boundary, it, you said it, you've spoken it, now it's on their side. Whatever mm -hmm. they do with it, it's their responsibility and their choice. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. React to it. Yeah. And then it's from, and the other thing I always like to point out too, both perspectives can be true. It doesn't need to be, I'm right, you're wrong, or you're right, I'm wrong. We're both right, because we're all looking at something from our own perspective, which most times it cannot be the same. I cannot see what you're seeing, because I'm not you. I, I'm not I like you. visualize it like a disco ball, 
And um, basically, you can be standing right next to each other and looking into a disco ball and the little mirror that's reflecting back what you're seeing reflected back. It's the same scene, big picture as what the person standing next to you is experiencing. But you're seeing it through that one tiny little reflection. And that's because you're you're just this much further away but it's a whole different perspective. It's a whole different scene. And so it looks very similar, but there, there are other things, other factors included into it. So that's the visual that I like to use for that. That's great. Yeah. I think a lot of people get into the arguments and the back and forth and those resentments out of um, expectations. Well, I said this, now they're supposed to do something like that. No, they're not supposed to do anything with it. They can just sit there and say, okay, nice. (laughs) And the other part that always brings argument is that somebody wants to always be right, which makes the other one wrong. No, we're both right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking there's something that happened this morning that I think is really reflective of this. And um, I call my cats the gurus because they really are like they're they teach me so much. Um, and my one cat, Carlos, I have an orange cat and a black cat. And Carlos is the orange one. And he's a little clumsy and he just likes to do things the difficult way. Like he never really I, I don't know, like Cooper is like super smart and he just like it gets laser focused and he's like, I'm going to do this, this and this. And then he does it right. Like he can execute it exactly. Carlos is like. I'm going to do this. Maybe I'm going to do it this way, you know? And he just like, kind of like bounces around and like tries different things and fails a lot. And, you know, he's not your typical cat, (laughs) but this morning he like, Carlos loves a box. Like there was one thing that is just absolutely certain. If there is a box, he is going to put his body in it, no matter how big it is, no matter where it is, like he's going to put his body in it. And um, so this morning I was sitting writing in my journal and there was a box that had something had come in it and it had a little bit of like packing material in it. So like some, some cardboard stuff and a little bit of plastic. And so Carlos is like poking around in it because he wants to put his body in it. And I was getting really frustrated with him because I'm trying to write in my journal and be in the serene piece of the morning before the day starts. And Carlos is like digging through the garbage in this box. And I kept going, Carlos, get out of the box, Carlos, get out of the box. And I finally just sat there for a minute and realized like, why am I getting frustrated with him when this is sitting there in like, I know he's going to do this. I know this is the behavior he's going to do. And I'm allowing myself to get frustrated with it rather than just solving the problem, which is to just remove the garbage from the box and let him sit in it. Like that's what he wants. I'm frustrated because I haven't taken care of the garbage, right? It's my responsibility to do that. And so when you take care of your part and you know what someone else's behaviors are and you just allow them to do it, without allowing that to be an issue for you, like take care of your part and let it be, mm-hmm. you know? That's a great analogy. <laughs> this is why they're the guru. <laughs> yeah, Hollis is like, she's she's got all her cats now. She knows, she's seen these before. <laughs> That's such a great analogy. I mean, and pizza boxes, I just have to say, what is it with having delay on a pizza box? Like before we actually got... <laughs> um soft for things this thing was so ridiculous you know we bought into getting like the soft pillows for them to sit on this bench that we Uh have when you walk in not like they have the whole house and couches and everything so but we would put pizza boxes there because they each lay on their pizza they love it yeah yeah i love it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i like um responsibility that's a big word i mean Mm -hmm. everybody uh 
we should all that's one of the points for a relationship as well take responsibility yeah. for your stuff yeah and um forgiveness i think also goes a long way if you are willing to say hey sorry i screwed up you know once if you see it from their perspective and you see like yeah i could have done this differently mm -hmm. and um but then again that goes back to being able to take responsibility for your stuff fully, accepting yourself fully and say, okay, yeah, no, this one, my bad, you know, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, I think those, that, those are definitely does. Even yeah. like looking ahead to plan, like if we're thinking about the holidays, right? Like if I go back to my childhood holidays, um, almost every single time, there would be like there are certain triggers that i know for myself like football is a huge trigger for me and the reason football is a huge trigger for me is because it would be a gathering point for my family and they would get really super emotionally charged there'd be a lot of drinking and then eventually that would lead to some kind of anger and violence happening and it was not necessarily the fault of football but for me when there's football on and there's all that like shouting energy, mm -hmm. even when it's cheerful, even when people are like excited and cheering, it's like huge triggers for me. So I just avoid it. Like I just, I don't engage with football because I know it's not like a space that really feels very comfortable to me. Um, but I know that like there are people who are, I, I used to be mad about it for a long time and I'd be like, I hate football. And I realized that's me just reflecting that same energy into this very benign thing that has nothing to do with why I'm actually being triggered. I was being triggered because of the behaviors that would mm -hmm. occur around this. And this was just kind of like, uh, like an indicator that it was coming. Right. But really it also was the holidays, but I didn't want to hate the holidays because I liked the holidays and that was a time of celebration. And so I placed all of the blame in this one area. So, it's knowing, I think, just really being aware, what are your triggers? Why are you being triggered? What can you actually do about it? And so for me, like, if I know that I'm going to go to a gathering of some sort, I go, I engage in that gathering. And when it's time for a certain thing to start occurring, I remove myself from it because that's my exquisite boundary. I can go, I can celebrate, I can be there for this part of it. And then I can also leave. And so that's, you know, that's just one way of looking at it. Or maybe it is knowing like, what is your behavior? Where do you try to either numb something out or avoid something or try to um, add something in to replace something else? Like having that awareness and really going into that with a conscious, like consciously knowing what your plan is ahead of time so that you can then stay more authentically in that space of taking care of yourself right like yeah. knowing that if everybody's you know i don't know there's tons of ways you could look at it but does that make sense yeah it's giving yourself permission i think um yeah. first of all because it's i think one thing is that people recognize sometimes even know their triggers or know they're gonna go to a certain situation what's gonna come up but they don't give themselves permission one thing to speak up and say like i'm being triggered right now or i need a moment for myself or yeah. okay right now i just need to leave now to take some time right. for myself or make an excuse but again giving yourself that permission to be you to be authentically in your 
self mm -hmm. and those creating those boundaries. Uh, so permission, I think it, it goes along with what you're saying. Yeah, that's uh, huge. I would also say self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, because um, giving yourself knowing who you are and how you respond and what your triggers are then gives you permission to, um, you know, uh, to, to create that space for you. I also kind of wanted to bring up that people, when people have these different perspectives, I feel like people want to be listened to. They want to mm. be heard. So if there's a way that something needs, it gets to the point where it needs to be like, it's reached that point. And if you can stand in your space and be able to listen without it progressing to anything else, then that's what people really want. I mean, when I was in the classroom, I'm thinking about when there would be like certain students that would get engaged and it was escalating. And once everybody was working, if I had the time, I'd be able to say, let's in the hallway and each person would get a minute. So I would set the timer and I'd say, you get a minute to talk, you get a minute to talk. You can't interrupt each other. You need to listen to what the other one's actually saying. Mm-hmm from their perspective of what happened. And what usually happened is they usually didn't need the full minute. They usually just needed to say what needed to say. It was usually a misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, okay, sorry. And then they were done. <laughs> I think something really important that you said in there too is, but you would act as the mediator, right? And I think a lot of times when as adults, we don't have that, that person to be the mediator. So we have right. to, if you have that self-awareness, you can be the mediator. And the way to do that is to bring in um, not taking things personally, right? And that's, I think that's a, a tool that is really difficult sometimes to um, to master. But once you really do, when you see that, when you can really go into a situation and know there's some reason this person's being triggered, you two are being triggered, your reflection for them, their reflection for you, if you can go into that with that awareness and not take it personally, knowing that they are triggered, knowing that they're in this space of like some kind of heated emotional state, then you can act as the mediator to say, look, I know you're upset. Can we talk about this? And can we talk about this in a way that's not, you know, not blaming and angry, but like, what are, what are you really what do you really need or what are you really feeling or what is it, you know, and I will listen to you and I ask that you do the same. That may or may not always work, but it is really a way to kind of consciously diffuse that, that situation and act as the mediator when you don't necessarily always have one. Yeah. 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 And um, I think to go along with that and part of that self-awareness and knowing your triggers is also realizing that what roles are we used to playing in that group yeah. dynamic or even in the relationship one-on-one. -on -one. Like for me, I know um, with my son, you know, I have had to work a lot with not be the fix-it person because mm. immediately I always would go into my fix-it mode. So what can I do to help you? What can I... And um, this is thanks to Ilya actually you know, having to most of the time remind me until I got it out of my system was that every time I would go in the fix and go, mom, you're doing it again. I just want you to listen. Yes. 
That's Mom, the key right there. Don't give me options. Yeah. I don't want you to fix it. Just listen to me. And for me, I was like, immediately, I'm like, oh, yes, I was fixing it. I apologize. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Hands off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and after a couple of times, or not a couple of times, many times that he <laughs> reminded me, now I'm, I ask him, are you talking to me for me to just listen? Or mm -hmm. would you like a solution? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, let me start off by just talking and venting off. And then I'll tell you if I need a solution. So, okay, perfect. And yeah. the communication's gotten better that way. And I think each one of us, especially when we're talking about um, families, partners, husband, wife, mm -hmm. we go into our avatar mode or role mode as the, you know, what we're meant in that relationship and we're not willing to hear and listen to what the other person's actually asking us or wanting from us. Yeah. So that's, I think, a key as well. That's, that's so important. I, my partner um, is a, she'll do that as well. Like she'll try to fix it. And I, I have to say to her consciously, like, okay, I just need you to listen, or I'm, I'm looking for solutions. I want to brainstorm. And I learned to do that through another friend who, you know, I would go to her uh, we're kind of like both of us will will call each other like okay I need to bounce something off of you and she at one point asked me she's like it sounds like you don't really want me to give you solutions in this instance like are you wanting me to just be a listener and I was like yes I do just want you to be a listener and like that was years and years ago and that moment is one of those moments where I was like oh this is what mature compassionate like active listening actually looks and feels mm -hmm. like and it felt so good and i was like i'm going to remember that and i'm going to do that as well like i'm going to show up in that way um so i've been able to carry that into you know many other relationships and i think that that is it's a really really important tool to have as well oh my gosh so important and as you two are talking it's making me think too that i think it's also important to realize when people need a break because there doesn't always have to be engagement. And especially yes. if something is getting heated, like we said, it can be like, okay, I need, we need to take a break. Not everything. Because when we sound too overanalyzing or therapeutic, people can get even more annoyed. It's just like, stop <laughs> yeah. analyzing it. So you understand when you need a break. But what I've learned from my daughter is there needs to be a time set on when you're going to come back because she would be very clear with that. I would say, I need a break. And she would say, but you're not going to come back. And I'd say, I am, because I would. I would sometimes take hours because I just needed to like step away. But mm -hmm. she needed the security of knowing that we, we are going to finish this. Mm -hmm. So it's that whole thing, like you said, Atusa, like understanding roles and um, what we immediately step into. Um, whether we know the person, we don't know the person, that's, you know, a whole bunch of other logistics. But if you do know the person and you know, kind of like, there's ways that you guys kind of do the dance together, it's realizing and respecting what the other one, there we go, like exquisite boundaries. They need. Yeah. And um, I love what you're saying, Hollis, and that reminded me of something else. Um, if you can, if you want, the break is actually very good. And right before that break or um, when 
at some point in the communication, I noticed to depends on the relationship, but if you are willing to like either say, I love you or, and, or give a hug that makes the other person feel secure. Like, okay, we can have our differences. We can argue, we can, we can do many things. That's not going to change how I feel about you. I'm still mm-hmm. going to love you. And here's the hug. Now let's take a break. You go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. We'll calm down and come to this. Because I noticed um, that was the case with Ilya. And I noticed that with a lot of people, that's the case. When you get into those situations that you're talking, especially again in a family dynamic, uh, one of the biggest triggers that people have is feeling loved and feeling safe. So if you can Mm -hmm. tell them that, hey, I love you, you know, and um, everything's fine, you know, and that hug signifies, okay, everything's fine. Now let's take a break or let's start now talking from this place even. I think that helps um, a great deal as well because that just immediately, sometimes I do that to Ilya and it's like, you know what? I don't need to talk anymore. I'm fine. It just stops everything. Like, okay, we're good. Let's just go from there. You know, it's important to recognize that communication isn't just verbal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people are really great verbal communication communicators, and some people are not as comfortable in that space. They're much more comfortable in the language of body language Mm -hmm. or in, you know, sensing and feeling. And, um, you know, I, for instance, I have a a really attuned energetic um, awareness. And so I can feel when the energy of something shifts. And so that might be like, even, you know, and sometimes things are, are distant, right? Especially in our world today, things ha- are happening virtually or, you know, online or whatever. And you can still feel that shift. You can sense that yeah. shift of, okay, we've moved into a different space. And I think that, you know, looking at all of the situations that we have given, there's no one particular prescription way to do it, right? It's mm-hmm. showing up as authentically as yourself being a compassionate listener on all levels, right? Energetically, emotionally, physically, like just being being present with yourself and aware of what the other person needs and listening for that as well. Listening with your eyes, listening with your ears, listening with your heart. And then being in relationship, being in communication with each other, holding your space, hold, allowing them to hold their space, and then being in that container together. Like, if you stick to that and you show up in those ways, then you'll find the ways that work for you as a group, you know, whether it's you and a person, whether it's you and yourself, you and a family, you and a community. Um, but it's really just about, you know, being aware and, and really having that desire to, to be in relationship, not to be in a power dynamic with someone. Perfect wrap up. I don't even need to say anything. Regina, wrap it up for you guys. For the end of the show, timing it perfectly. Thank you for that. God, that was amazing. (laughs) So she wrapped it up all in a blanket for you guys. 
thank you, Regina, for joining us. Thank you, Hollis. Thank As you, always, ladies. By the way, guys, did you see how fabulous Hollis was looking today? That color is popping. <laughs> and that's a great color. <laughs> thank you, Regina. So great to have you here always. Thank you. Yeah, it's always great to, to chat with you, ladies. Thank you, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your week and hope to see you next Tuesday again. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. See, doesn't want to end. <laughs>